From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And joining me for this edition is Lieutenant Commander Michael Scafoni, an active reservist in the United States Navy. Lieutenant Commander Scafoni, thank you for talking to me today. Well, thank you, Taylor, for having me. I appreciate it. And our topic for this edition of Catholic Military Life is Catholic Military Chaplains. The Archdiocese for the Military Services is the endorsing agency for priests to serve as chaplains in the United States military. And you, Lieutenant Commander Scafoni, have had recent experience interacting with some of our chaplains in the Navy, have you not? Yes, yes. I had a tremendous experience. I just returned from uh, mobilization to Djibouti, Africa, Camp Lamigné, um, where I was there for nine and a half months, boots on ground. And we had uh, so blessed to have the two best chaplains, probably in the Navy, uh, Father Kurt Young and Father Brian Reedy. Well, I know Father Reedy is a Jesuit. I was with him in uh, Lourdes last year in 2022. Uh, okay, but well, then you know he's he's wonderful. He certainly is. Uh, so, uh, explain um, uh, your interactions with these two chaplains and how they made a difference in your experience there in Djibouti, Africa. Well, it, it's funny because it was an involuntary mobilization. So I got the call and said, "Hey, congratulations! You're going to Djibouti." I said, hey, great, thanks. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, God, you want me to go to Djibouti? That's fine. Uh, hopefully, you know, I, 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 I like going to daily Mass. So I'm thinking, Father, I'm thinking at least, hopefully we'll have a priest there. We can have Mass on at least Sunday, I'm thinking. Because I've had pretty good experiences when I've gone overseas before for annual trainings and what have you. There's, there's usually a priest or a contract priest or something like that. So I think we'd probably get Sundays Mass over there. So I show up at uh, ECRC the, uh, for the pre-mobilization deployment process in Norfolk, and I meet a chaplain there, and he's not, he's a Lutheran, he's wonderful, but he wasn't, he's not a Catholic priest. I said, oh, you know, I hope we had a Catholic priest. He goes, yeah, well, we do. We have a Catholic priest. It was Father Kurt. So I'm thinking, here, I was just hoping for, I was just hoping for, um, you know, a, a Sunday Mass, priest for Sunday Mass, and here I had my own, my own priest, Father Kurt, coming with me on deployment um, through uh, training at Fort Jackson and the whole nine yards. So we had we he, we had daily mass every day. I mean, it was the whole time I was there uh, through Fort Jackson, uh, Djibouti. It was you know God over delivered, right? <laughs> it was it was awesome. Wow, what a blessing! As you know, in the Navy, we have a shortage of Catholic priests serving as chaplains. In fact, that's the case across all branches of the United States military, and a lot of active duty personnel wind up on deployments where they have no access to a priest in the sacraments for months at a time. So your recent deployment was a blessing in that regard. Yeah, the joke was that Father, Father, cause Father Kurt was there first, and when Father Kurt rotated out in August of 2022, Father Reedy came in. But I always told Father Kurt, you know, the only reason you're here is because of me. Uh, <laughs> because of my, <laughs> I, I requested it, and God gave me my own priest, so that was sort of the running joke. Give me some examples of how a an effective 
chaplain, a Catholic chaplain, a priest in the Navy makes a difference when you're on deployment? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. I mean, we, you know, some, I've been some place where they have a contract priest, which is, which is, which is great. I mean, always love to have a priest. But to actually have a priest, and I said, Father Kurt was there from day one with me, going through the same training um, through Fort Jackson. We had the two weeks with the Army for the uh, Navy Individual Augmentee Combat Training uh, course, a little mini boot camp. Uh, so he was there through all that. Um, you know, lived in the in the in the in the barracks, lived in the clues, um, ate at the galley. I mean, it was it was it was awesome. I mean, he was there all the time. Um, I said, like having your own personal priest, twenty four seven. Tell me a little bit about your Catholic faith. Are you a cradle Catholic? Uh, yes. How important is your faith to you? I, I am a, definitely a cradle Catholic, and I think uh, obviously my faith has grown over the years. I. Being a cradle Catholic, I think sometimes we probably take advantage of it. I was not a big fan of Sunday school uh, as a kid. Um, but I think just as, as, as I grew in life experiences, uh, now it's a, I'm, a, I'm a daily mass goer, so it's, it's, it's incredibly important to me. Um, so that's why when I was, you know, sent on this mobilization, uh, I said God over-delivers, right? I mean... Uh, what more could I've asked for? Uh, it's so important. I don't think I could have gotten through this mobilization um, without without. Uh, I mean, we had a beautiful chapel there in Djibouti. It was probably the most beautiful place in the world. It was a little tiny chapel, just a little tiny wood building. Only had about eight seats, but we had you know Blessed Sacrament. Uh, we had uh, daily mass in the little chapel. Uh, we had adoration. Uh, I could never have gotten through it without without uh, a strong faith in uh, uh, God carrying me through this whole thing. So he never gives us more than we can handle. Did you return before Easter? Yes. So I was there for I was there for January of from January twenty twenty two through November twenty twenty two. So we were there for Easter um, last year. And of course, we had all the stations of the cross. We had, I mean, everything you could ask for. Um, uh, we had we had Bible studies on Thursday nights, sort of a, a Catholic version of Bible study because Father Kurt teaches at a seminary in New Orleans, so um, he was a great teacher. And of course, uh, Father Father Brian Reedy, he was a as a Jesuit, he was a great teacher. So I, I, it was awesome. I mean, you. That's the only thing I really miss about Djibouti, to be honest with you, is if I could go back, is our little tiny beautiful chapel and having Father Kurt and Father Reedy there all the time. It was, that, that was the best part of Djibouti. And this chapel was on base. Yes. It was just a little tiny, little tiny wood building. I mean, everything in Djibouti is kind of old and, and, you know, decrepit, but this was... It was a little tiny wood building they had built. It held about eight chairs and uh, had some air conditioning in it. And it was the most probably the most precious place in the world. If I could go anywhere, you could, you could go there twenty four seven. And said the the the, um, uh, the blessed sacrament uh, Eucharist was in the tabernacle there. Uh, you know, little statue of Mary, little statue of Saint Joseph, stations of the cross on the wall. A uh, picture of Divine Mercy, uh, Jesus, Divine Mercy, I trust in you on the wall. And we had our own sort of saint, Saint Bokita, 
uh, African saint. She was, uh, her picture was on the wall. So it was, it was the best place in the world, really. I'm talking to Lieutenant Commander Michael Scafoni of the United States Naval Reserve, who's just uh, returned from a deployment to Djibouti, Africa. And uh, we're talking about Catholic military chaplains and the impact they can have on sailors and uh, in other branches as well, in the Army and Marines, uh, Air Force, Space Force, Coast Guard. Um, In your experience... Um, Lieutenant Commander Scafoni, uh, you are obviously a man of faith. You're a daily mass goer. Uh, and you, you commented on the fact that having a chaplain there makes a difference. What kind of impact do you think that has on uh, the sailors who serve, knowing that there's a chaplain available to celebrate the mass, to hear confessions, etc.? Oh, it, it is, it is, it is vital. I mean, you can't, you can't even begin to stress the importance of it. Uh, people are going, you know, they're away from home. Uh, you know, people that who have, you know, at home, the relatives die, grandparents die, children get sick. Uh, you're kind of, you're stuck there. Um, uh, to know that they have a have a priest there, somebody they can go talk to. Um, you know, privately, one-on-one, uh, it's just incredible. I know both Father Kirk and Father Brian uh, both went downrange even further uh, for short stints to minister to uh, Marines and uh, forces in other places in Africa. So it, it just, it, it, words can't even describe it. It's how important it is. Because uh, there's you know, a lot of loneliness. Um, I know there was a couple times, you know, just a range of emotions. Uh, Father Kurt would stop by, and, you know, I was kind of, you know, you going through a whole range of emotions and said, yeah, you want to go have lunch? So, hey, we went to the galley and we had lunch. Just, just the little things of, like that are so important. The sacraments, uh, adoration, uh, we had, and the Thursday afternoon, or Thursday evening, we call it like Bible study, but it's like Catholic talk, Catholic topics. Um, and a lot of people that weren't necessarily Catholic, which is wonderful, would, would come and they would experience. And, uh, you know, we brought a, a couple of people into the church, um, through the program. So we, we were, uh, Father Kurt and Father Brian, we were a full service operation there from, gotcha. the, from a Catholic <laughs> standpoint. I hear you. Now, Lieutenant Commander Scafoni, let me ask you this. You being a devout Catholic who practices your faith on a daily basis, have you encountered any resistance from the growing trend of secularization that we're seeing not only in society at large, but in the military as well? No, it, you know, it's funny. It's kind of a complete opposite because, you know, everywhere in, in secular and in the whole world, you can't say Merry Christmas, you can't do anything. Whereas in the military, it is really quite the opposite because not only do we have uh, our, our Navy chaplains, uh, uh, Catholic chaplains, Father Kurt and Father Brian, when I was there, but we had a you know a Lutheran chaplain and a couple other chaplains that, of of different faiths. So, uh, really, quite the the opposite of society uh, in the in the military. I found that uh, it, it is so available, fortunately, because of 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 the efforts of 
I think AMS and obviously to, to make sure we have priests um, and and like Father Kurt and Father Brian's their bishops uh, and orders allowing them to serve uh, because they sacrifice too when they give up their time and their jobs and their teaching um, so everybody sacrifices but to know in the military it is. I think it's quite the opposite of, of society. It's, it's very refreshing. Well, that's encouraging to hear. And, of course, AMS stands for Archdiocese for the Military Services, which is the endorsing agency for Catholic priests to serve as chaplains in the military. Uh, tell me about your uh, personal background. How did you uh, come to join the Navy? How long have you been in the Navy? And uh, do you have a, a day job? You're in the reserve. Uh, what else do you do besides serve in the Navy? And by the way, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I kind of did everything a little bit opposite. So I actually joined the reserves when I was 38, uh, back in 2003. Uh, I, shortly after 9-11, I spent a, uh, my career was trading stocks, uh, both for institutions and then personally, um, but then 9-11 happened, and, you know, things in life happened, and looking for some opportunities, and it came up, oh, the Navy, maybe I could be a supply officer, the business managers of the Navy, because I had a, you know, bachelor's in finance, so I've always been in, in business-related, so I, you know, inquired, and they said I was too old to be an officer, but I could come in as enlisted, and I said I was 38, and I didn't really think I could do it because of, you know, you know, just something people do at 18, going to boot camp and all that kind of stuff. But it kind of made me want to do it because I wasn't sure if I could do it. Um, and then yeah, another nothing like a challenge. Leading me. I mean, the Navy has been wonderful to me. So uh, uh, as I always like to say, God can't leave you if you don't move your feet. So, uh, you know, the opportunity rose. I trusted. I did it. And then at 43, I wasn't too old to be an officer. So I uh, became a supply officer, and I've been in, it'll be 20 years in October. I'll have 20 years. Uh, so going to Djibouti, I was you know, 56, 57. Uh, I got to cut the tradition at the uh, Navy's birthday is the youngest sailor and the oldest sailor cut the cake on the Navy's birthday. So in Djibouti, I guess I got to cut the cake. Oh. <laughs> I was one of the older guys, um, which, was, which was an honor. Uh, in my day job, I work for the Department of Homeland Security as an auditor with the officer with the Office of Inspector General. I so see. I've been in the government for oh, 10, 11, 12 years now. And obviously, you're not here in our studio in Washington. You're talking to us on your cell phone. Where are you, sir? So I live in Boca Raton, Florida. I see. So South Florida. And uh, how, north of Fort Lauderdale. how often are you activated as a reservist? Well, you just came back from an activation to Africa. Uh, is this something that happens on a regular basis? So actually, in the tw- my 20 year, almost tw- you know, 19 years, 19 and a half, 20 years in the Navy, this was my first involuntary mobilization. Uh, I've done a lot of voluntary stuff, what we call active duty special work. So I, in my 19, almost 20 years now, I have just a little over six and a half years of active duty time. Um, I did a lot of active duty service in Norfolk, uh, Norfolk Naval Shipyard, uh, as a supply officer. Uh, I've been in the funeral, Navy Funeral Honors Program. I was uh, 
when I was in uh, petty officer second class, I did a couple of years as the uh, funeral coordinator here in West Palm Beach. So, uh, but yeah, I've had about a little over six years of active duty time during the 19, 20 years I've been in. So what's involved in being a supply officer? So we're all, so the supply officers, we are the business managers of the Navy. So, for instance, in Djibouti, I was the comptroller, um, so responsible for the, the budget, the paying the bills, uh, what have you. Uh, my other active duty stints as a supply officer, working inventory, uh, maintaining, uh, like at the, uh, at the Norfolk Naval Shipyard, working with uh, Defense Logistics Agency, DLA, uh, on inventory and maintaining inventory and... Uh, a lot of, that's how I kind of got into auditing, too, because as an auditor, because there's, as again, as business managers of the Navy, we uh, have, to, have to keep track of stuff and accountability. So I, I, I transitioned more into uh, Inspector General auditing kind of stuff, uh, avoiding fraud, waste, and abuse. And you started in 2003 as an enlisted sailor. You're, yes. na- you're now lieutenant commander. That's a commission. How did that come about? So it's funny. I, 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 again, I, when I joined, they said I was too old to be an officer. I said, okay, well, I'll just be enlisted. And then I was on active duty as the funeral coordinator in West Palm Beach, and the skipper comes up to me one, one day and said, hey, the officer recruiter's here. I want you to go see him. I said, all right, so I'll go talk to him. He was there for supply, for supply officers. So long story short... That was like June of 2008, and I was selected in August of 2008. So you'll never, the time, again, you know, God's, God, God takes care of me, right? God blesses. Uh, you'll never hear of a commissioning that quick from, from not even thinking about it, thinking I was too old, to less than two months being actually selected for the supply corps. God, God can't leave if you don't move your feet. So just trying to do the right things uh, and trusting in Him. In some of your earlier deployments, have you experienced time in a location where you did not have access to a Catholic chaplain? No, I was very fortunate. I was over in Japan for about five weeks, and it was in the heart of COVID. Uh, so there was a lot of lockdowns and stuff like that, but they had, uh, uh, there were two Navy, Navy chaplain priests there, uh, which was wonderful. Um, uh, whereabouts? Over in Guam. Uh, I'm sorry, I had, didn't, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Whereabouts in Japan were you? Oh, uh, Yasuka. Gotcha. And then Guam? The USS, uh, I was there for, uh, exercise for five weeks, uh, on USS Blue Ridge, um, but the, the base there had a, had a wonderful uh, Navy chaplain, uh, lieutenant, and then uh, the ship itself I, uh, had a, uh, I believe he was a captain, uh, Navy captain as a priest. So uh, uh, you know, daily mass was available when I was over there, a um, little nice chapel over there on the base. Uh, and then in, when I was over in Guam, I was over in Guam for a, a, just a month, but a uh, wonderful Navy chaplain there had daily mass. Uh, daily mass there. Um, it's funny when I was a civilian, I worked at the Navy Yard in uh, D.C., right next to the beautiful old chapel there, and we had a Navy uh, commander chaplain there. So I've been very fortunate. Um, the places I've gone to have 
actual Navy chaplains. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. A, a lot real of real Navy chaplains. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the men and women who serve uh, uh, aren't aren't so lucky all the time. Of course, we here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services are working hard to uh, plug the gap uh, to make up the shortage of uh, chaplains. Uh, it's a tall order because, as you well know, there's a shortage of priests throughout the society, and it can be a challenge to uh, find uh, dioceses and archdioceses where the bishop can spare a priest. Uh, they're in short supply everywhere, which makes it harder to uh, find a qualified priest to serve in the military. Um, and I think that's why it's so important that the bishops know how important, when they let their priests serve, how important it is and how, how grateful uh, the service members are. That, uh, like I said, I've been very, very fortunate uh, very fortunate, very blessed to have these Navy chaplains, Navy priests, where I've been. Um, I just use this platform to thank the bishops, because I know they don't necessarily have to let their priests go. And you mentioned in your most recent deployment to Djibouti, you had experience with two chaplains, Father Kurt and Father Reedy, and you talked about uh, the availability not only of the Mass, but uh, 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 other uh, forms of pastoral care. Uh, tell me a little bit about those. Uh, what what types of? Uh, uh, well, I, I presume there was maybe some uh, faith formation, religious education going on. Right, like I said, mentioned on Thursday nights we had you call it Bible study, but it was it was it was Catholic topics, um, which was incredible. Um, both both. Uh, Father Kurt and Father Reedy, uh, excellent teachers. Um, so that was so important, uh, and, and, and had good crowds for that. Uh, we had adoration every Sunday at uh, 6 p.m. Um, that w- that was you can't get enough adoration. I mean, that was we had the Blessed Sacrament Chapel where we could go all the time, um, but to actually have formal adoration together as a community was was wonderful uh, of course confessions were available um, daily mass was available uh, of course Sunday mass um, it was like I said we we're a full service operation over there for, for the Easter season Lent um, we had we had everything stations of the cross um, we didn't miss a beat we didn't miss a beat over there that's really encouraging to hear especially uh, your perception that there isn't a lot of secular resistance to the practice of faith in the military, in spite of what we see throughout society, and the attempts in some quarters of the military to bring the secularization into the military. Very encouraging to know that that's not, uh, at least from your perspective, not taking place in the Navy. Of course, we know, too, no, that— I'll tell you, at Camp Lemonnier, too, senior camp leadership— uh, just by chance, a lot Catholic. So, uh, uh, you know, when I had two commanding officers when I was there, when I was there, and camp camp commanding officers, and they were both Catholic. They were involved. So it was a great opportunity too. Um, you know, the unification of of enlisted and the officers and everybody just being regular people. You know, praising God and, and celebrating mass and and. Uh, together and of course we know too and correct me if i'm wrong but in the navy 
on the ships every night at what ten o'clock? There's an invocation still, correct? Yes, yes. Now I went underway on a ship. Now we didn't have a priest. I went underway from uh, uh, USS Ponce from uh, Greece to Norfolk back in 2017. We did not have a priest on that ship, but we did have uh, somebody that would, would, would do like a prayer at, in the evening, evening prayer, which was, even though it wasn't Catholic, it was still prayer, and it was still over the, uh, over the loudspeaker. So um, a, a great example of how there's no resistance to, uh, what do they say, there's no atheists in foxholes. I guess that's a, a prime example of that. Well, that's good to hear. And, of course, the other thing is that chaplains not only provide pastoral care, but they're the only personnel you can go to uh, with a confidential issue to discuss, and you can know that there's no chance that's going to get back to the brass. Is that correct? Yes, exactly, exactly. So if you had a problem with something, need a device, uh, of course, uh, of course, the Navy chaplains and you know the Catholic priests, you know, sexual assault and sexual problems like that are always a big, uh, a big concern. You know, uh, unfortunately, a problem maybe in the military and the, and the, the chaplains and our priests are huge parts, huge parts of uh, of, of dealing with that and the confidentiality for victims. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't you know I didn't have that problem, but uh, you know. They're on call 24-7, so the, the, the chaplains, our priests, are doing a whole lot more behind the scenes than I even see. And we certainly heard a lot about the uh, issues of uh, uh, um, sexual abuse in, in the, the military, and it's clear the military is working very hard to uh, eradicate that. Uh, but in the meantime, the chaplains do have a role to play in uh, uh dealing with situations as they arise and hopefully uh before they get too serious yes i said just a crucial role that they would play behind the scenes um that it probably gets taken for granted because i'm sure for victims you know it's priceless to have them there i've been talking to lieutenant commander michael scafoni uh, an active reservist who has just returned from a deployment to Djibouti, Africa. Uh, and we've been talking about um, Catholic priests who serve in the U.S. Navy as chaplains. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Scafoni, thank you so much for talking to me today. Do you have any parting thoughts uh, about the, the future of uh, the Navy as we move forward with a short supply of, of uh, chaplains, uh, but still... Uh, 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 certainly a presence there. Your thoughts about looking at the future, the future of the Navy and the chaplaincy and uh, uh, how important it is to continue to have a chaplain presence. Yeah, well, I, obviously I believe the future of the Navy is strong um, and the chaplain corps is a huge part of that. And again, I, I just use this platform to thank all the bishops and all the priests that are thinking about you know becoming like reservists, because uh, Father Kurt and Father Reedy were both re- are both reservists, uh, but for the bishops to support um, and for their their home parishes and communities to support their efforts. Uh, Father Kurt worked at a seminary, so the support of his seminary and the Jesuits for Father Reedy, his order supporting him uh, is so important. So we're all in this together, 
and you know people thank us for our service. But it, I always say it's the family members and the support back home that that is the strength of our future and of our our military services. Lieutenant Commander Michael Scafoni of the U.S. Navy Reserve talking to us by phone from Boca Raton, Florida. Lieutenant Commander Scafoni, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Taylor. I appreciate the opportunity to share my positive experiences. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve serve.